When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right here on 1049 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Uh, and the movie choice for midweek movie music happens to be one of my favorite all time movies, but actually, top five. Mount Rushmore, actually, probably on my all time gangster flicks uh, and mob movies, Casino. And a pretty Damn. good soundtrack. Oh, it's yeah, amazing. It's a real good I mean, I'm just trying to think all the great scenes in it all are associated with some fantastic song or some uh, great choice. So I- I'm probably going to have to watch the movie now. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> and my, my wife is not going to be happy that because it's a long movie. It is, and it's like a three and a half hour yes. movie. It's a it's commitment. Fiction commitment. Yeah, but it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, it's so worth. Like once you start it, like you can't stop it. It's one of those types of movies. Yeah. So I'll have to watch Casino this weekend. But it won't be the only thing I'll be watching this weekend. It is a uh, championship Saturday, so there'll be a lot of. Uh, uh, great football action happening. I uh, wish the Longhorns were in action, but that is not the case. But the Longhorns are getting some love. They are getting some love for the All Big 12 team. This happened today. It was uh, just released, uh, what, I say, what, 3 o'clock? Probably right when we yeah, came right on air. Right when we came on air, because uh, that's when I first got hit, and I was like, yeah. uh oh, we got to change <laughs> yeah. this conversation. We actually were had, we had different <laughs> topics, everything scheduled, and all we're that We're getting got ready bumped. to talk about All Americans. Yeah, so all that gets bumped <laughs> because the official Big 12 team was released. So here are the selections. Uh, from the uh, the All Big Twelve teams, offensive player of the year, Max Duggan, Harge. Yeah, you man. cool with that? I'm cool with him. TCU quarterback, and of course, he just got the uh, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award as go. well. So yeah. No, yeah. I mean, Max Duggan's having a hell of a year. It um, wasn't even the start. It was not the start. That yeah. is, I think, the uh, the moral of the 2022 season <laughs> exactly. in the Big 12. Uh, he wasn't even the starter. He wasn't <laughs> even the start. Look at the Big 12 title game. I know. I mean. I okay. did. Hey, don't forget. I did have K-State going to the Big 12 you title did. game. You did. I did not have, have TCU, Will, though. And I did you did not, not have, have Will spill the pill exactly or Will the thrill. the quarterback. Be quarterback right. But you're right. You did have it. In there. Okay, what are the odds they play Purple Rain at the Big 12 title game? If they don't, they missed an opportunity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they better play Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze. Yeah, exactly. Like they every song has exactly. something to do with Purple. Play, play, the whole, play the whole soundtrack. The whole you, Patrick already did the work for you. Exactly. Patrick, you did this as one of my new theme Thursdays. I made a movie music. 
music. Uh, yo, Purple you're Rain. Right. You're right. It's Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. Sorry, that's, right. that's what it's on. You're right, right about that. That's right. Um, yeah, so I, I think, honestly, they'll probably pick Purple Rain and probably some other Purple-related songs. But anyway, but I digress. Getting back to it. Uh, speaking of the Purple Rain, they are heavily represented on are the All-Big 12 teams and their selections. Defensive Player of the Year, and this is caused the most uh, scuttlebutt, yep. if you will, and the, uh, the most, uh, I, w- I would say, just anger and frustration among Longhorn fans. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Felix and Udike Uzoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the preseason selection for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, the Kansas State defensive lineman also wins Defensive Lineman of the Year in the Big 12. Felix and Udike Uzoma, who ended up with, I believe, seven and a half sacks uh, mm-hmm. total. So he did have uh, the. Um, the advantage on Jalen Ford, because I know a lot of Longhorn fans are already going to, I mean, what happened to Jalen Ford? Uh, he did have the advantage in sacks, because he had seven and a half sacks uh, over Jalen Ford, but uh, I've pointed this out several times. You go look at it, and I thought it'd be a no-brainer, so I apologize for misleading the people out there. I thought it'd be a no-brainer, because the two stats stood out to me. Jalen Ford, and it, one of these came from John Bianco, so I trust John Bianco over Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he has the, uh, handles the, uh, the sports media department there over at Texas, and he tweeted this out. Uh, only Power 5 player with four interceptions and three forced fumbles is Jalen Ford. He's also the only FBS player with four interceptions and three forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries. He's also the only FBS linebacker with four interceptions. He uh, tied the Texas linebacker record for interceptions in a season with four. Uh, with Derek Johnson and my man Harden for me, Tommy Nobis as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, six straight games of him creating a turnover with four interceptions and two fumble recoveries. And as we all know, those were clutch plays in the Timely. Iowa State game, K-State game, uh, Baylor game. Hey, you don't win those games. You're a 6-5 win team potentially exactly. without Jalen Ford. I'll give you one more stat, Hart, before I let you go off. Jalen Ford is now the only player in the Big 12 uh, to put up at least one 100 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, four interceptions, and three forced fumbles in a single season since 2000, since Rod B was on the 40 acres. So this is why I started out initially on the grassy knoll. I got on the conspiracy theory early because I said it goes back to what I've said from the jump at the start of the year, even when Texas announced, or they didn't really announce, it was reported that Texas was leaving the Big 12 and going to the SEC, uh, and Oklahoma was going along with them. The Big 12 don't like you. <laughs> they don't like you, and they don't want you here. Right. I Why know, are you still here? I know you keep thinking, oh, well, they, well, they don't want us here. Why don't they negotiate a buyout and have us be able to leave? No, no, no. They still want their money. Right. All right, uh, that you owe them. Yeah, give me my bread. But they don't want you and they don't like you. They are a woman scorned. They are really upset that you decided to upgrade to a better conference to uh, where the grass is greener. And now they have a chance, to be frank about it, to be honest, to screw you over. Yep. And they are taking advantage taking of it. They're taking full advantage, full of, advantage you of it. And the system. And some people say, well, it's the coaches that vote. You think the coaches like you? The coaches right. don't like you either. When I say Big 12, I'm talking about administration and coaches. They don't want you here. They yep. have made that plainly clear. In the last game versus Baylor, Baylor was called for one penalty. Yes. That same officiating crew was a crew that called the Oklahoma State game, that called them for zero <laughs> penalties. They don't like you. They called them, but they got declined. They was yeah. offsetting because both teams had them. So they just said exactly. it don't count. Now, we know that you – I know you know this, Longhorn fans, but sometimes you need to hear it. Yeah. 
You say need to tell hear it. it. Tell them again. Sometimes you just need to hear. I know you already know it in your heart, but you need to hear it. So, yes, I'm on the grassy knoll. I'm on the conspiracy theory. The Big 12, unless Jalen Ford had a Nadama Kung Su type season, he wasn't going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And I apologize because I thought he would. Well, I thought it was a no-brainer. Now that you bring up Nadama Kung Su and the numbers... You know, because, Rod, you, you like to look at numbers. You like to look at stats, and you break it all down, and the people love it, and I'm glad to be part of this thing. So I'm going to go to my man Kyle Umling. This is what he said. 57 solo tackles by our man Jalen Ford. That means he had 31 more than the defensive player of the year. 52 assisted tackles. That means he had 39 more than the defensive player of the year. 109 total tackles. That means he had 70 more than the defensive player of the year. Four interceptions, four more than the defensive player of the year. Three first fumbles, one more than the defensive player of the year. And two recovered fumbles, two more than the defensive player of the year. Oh, by the way, this isn't part of those stats, but I'll give you a little bit more. He Give it to us. He was three-time Defensive Player of the Week in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Our Defensive Player of the Year was not it one time. So how in the wide world of sports (laughs) does that happen? Mm -hmm. You know how it happens. With the ocular proof that everybody had. You know how it happens. And like you said, the timing of his plays were what the difference from your team being – Possibly a five-win team to your team being an eight-win team because that should matter as well. You, you know what it is. We I'm just sitting this. here. They don't like you. <laughs> they don't. They don't like, like you. you. So when you go out there, just know that you're gonna have to face the opponent that is scheduled, yes. and also probably have to face some other forces at work. You know this. We you, know this. You're okay. gonna need some SEC officials in your bowl game. It's all right because they're gonna help you out, maybe, yeah. possibly. You saying. can't have Big Twelve. That's a woman scorned. You can't. You can't break up with a woman and still decide you're gonna live in the same house with her and expect her to cook for you. I'm just gonna and, send that and other wash room. your clothes. I'm just gonna send the other room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, oh, it's gonna be uncomfortable for you. It's gonna be uncomfortable until yeah. you decide to move the hell out of this yeah. house. Get out. Yeah. Is what the Big Twelve is trying to tell you. Get out. Yeah. Go. And I'm sitting here looking at that. We don't want you here anymore. And, you know, everybody (laughs) wants to say if you're a winner, you get – what did Max say? Winners get treated a little bit different. No, that that was a great Augie quote. Yeah. The world is a very different different place for winners than it is for losers. So with that being said – So go win, baby. The TCU Horned Frogs, who are sitting at 12-0 and playing for a Big 12 championship, they had 10 players on the first team on both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. that makes a lot of sense. And you start looking around and you're like, Ugh. the other team that's playing in the Big 12 championship, I mean, why do we even have a fullback as a Big 12? That's stupid. That should be a flex. I mean, that, that should that, be a flex. Definitely that's, get that to somebody else. They yeah. don't even have a tight end listed on here. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That should be, they I, don't I'm even have team. a tight end listed on here, but you got a fullback. That's, There's more tight ends they, they than there a, are fullbacks. They don't have a tight end because it was JT Sanders. <laughs> That's, That's why they, they gave it to a fullback. Oh, very true. Very true. But JT Sanders was the tight end, right? Because yeah. he was he right. was the second team. No, right. wait, wait, let's see. No, he's first team. JT hey. Sanders made first team tight end. Okay. All right, yeah. so he is the tight end. Yeah, he's first team tight end. I was about to say, but they <laughs> only put one on the tight end. They should have had a flex. I agree with you yep. instead of a fullback, but they they did have a traditional tight end. Because they do have two um, tight ends on the second team. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy, Which too. I said, they should have flex on both of them. It should be a flex offensive and a flex defensive, considering we live in a positionless football world. But here's the topper on the second team uh, fullback. Mm-hmm. 
Dylan Doyle, the linebacker. Oh, good for him. <laughs> they do play. You use him a lot, but I, 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 don't, we know about that. I don't know if I agree with that. Though. Right. That's, that's, I'm like, wait, what? He yeah, just needed to get something? That seems strange. Yeah. Uh, offensive newcomer of the year. Uh, you kind of called this one hard. Dylan Gabriel, you're yeah. really excited about him coming over. And obviously we know the impact that he had because when Texas played him without Dylan Gabriel, it looked like a shell of, <laughs> a shell of themselves. Yeah. Uh, defensive newcomer of the year, uh, Johnny Hodges from TCU, yeah, uh, the linebacker. Uh, offensive freshman of the year, Richard Reese, Baylor. Running back, big, big boy. Uh, defensive freshman of the year, Kendall Daniels, Oklahoma State safety. Uh, special teams player of the year, Darius Davis, TCU punt returner and kick returner. Offensive lineman of the year, Cooper Beebe from Kansas State. Uh, and I uh, just mentioned defensive lineman of the year was Felix Enuduka, Enudike Uzoma. Uh, and Chuck, uh, the coach of the year, the Chuck Niners coach of the year was uh, Sonny Dykes. I think we yeah. all agree with that. Uh, your first team, uh, Max Duggan quarterback, Kendra Miller running back, both from TCU. Bijan makes it at running back for Texas. Your fullback, you talked about Ben Sanat, uh, K-State. Wide receivers, ex-Xavier Hutchison, not the X-Man you thought. Yeah. Marvin Mims <laughs> Jr. from Oklahoma. Xavier uh, Hutchison from Iowa State. Uh, Quentin Johnston from TCU at wide receiver. 2 5 uh, Tight end. Jatavian Sanders makes it from Texas. Uh, tight end. Uh, the offensive lineman, Cooper Beebe, Anton Harrison uh, from Oklahoma. Cooper Beebe from K-State. Allen Ali from TCU. Steven Avila from TCU as well. And Zach Frazier from West Virginia makes it on the O-line. Your place kickers are Griffin Kell from TCU and Darius Davis of TCU. Defense. Uh, Siaka, Siaki Ika from yep. Baylor on the D-line. Will McDonald on the D-line from Iowa State. D-line Felix Enyudike Ozoma, of course, from K-State. Tyree Wilson, who ended this season early because he's looked projected to be a first-round yeah, pick. going to the league. Yeah, Texas Tech. Uh, he makes it. Uh, Dante Steele. That's still a Steels here? Yeah, this is his last one, I think. Man, I mean, I'm looking be. at it. It said fifth year. Get they don't even here. They don't even tell him if he's a junior, senior. It says fifth year. Fifth year. <laughs> Steals. Steel here. I'm Steals here. <laughs> uh, linebacker from TCU, D. Winter. Jalen Ford makes it from Texas. Also, DeMarvion Overshaw. So both Texas yep, linebackers yep. make it. Good for Demo. Uh, Cooper, uh, sorry, Kobe Bryant, yep. the DB from Kansas, makes it. Julius Brents from DB from K State makes it. Uh, Jason Taylor, uh, the second like Oklahoma Taylor. State DB. He's a really, he's, he's going to play on Sundays. Yep. Uh, Travis Hollis Thomason also will play on Sundays. Both of the corners from TCU make it. Josh Newton from TCU as well. Uh, and the punter is Michael Turk. So uh, the other Longhorns that make the second team, you'll have Xavier Worthy makes it for Texas. Yep. Uh, Kelvin Banks makes it uh, for Texas. Keandre Coburn makes it for Texas. And I believe that's it. Yeah, and that's the Jade other part. Barron should have got some love. Well, I, I thought he was first team all the way. And then here's the other part for me. We talked all He's season. Honorable mention. He's honorable mention. We Texas. talked all season about how good that front four was for the Texas Longhorns. They graded out better than most of the players in this league. And we only get we don't even get one on the first team. That's crazy to me. That, but again, I forgot. I forgot. They, they don't, don't like you. you. Right. you, gotta you gotta the problem was we had too many holdings, and every time we played somebody, they had no holdings. Oh, no, that's true. We well, got so, Keandre Coburn. But okay, he's our he's, he's our on the second team. Though. He's the second team. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There's no first teamer for the Texas Longhorns, no. and everybody graded out in the top five. And, That's why I got to look at Pro Football Focus again, man. What are they doing? You were t- they said they were top five in pressures right, in the country, right. and I believe that. I believe they were top yes. five in pressures. It matches the eye test, but as I pointed out, they don't like you. 
They don't like so you. So if they can avoid giving you some accolades and some honors, I'm sure they'll do it, and that's exactly what they did. I thought the All-Big 12 team would be littered with Texas uh, players. That is not the case. I think Jade Barron should have got some more love. Um, and uh, sure. just an offensive uh, I freshman. I thought Ryan Watts should have been on there, too. Uh, he could have gotten some yeah. love. Offensive freshman of uh, freshman of the year, Kelvin Banks, and also he ends up being like the offensive lineman of the uh, freshman of the year, too. So. Yeah. He gets a little bit of love there. But today, Barron, I'm with you. Probably should have gotten some more love. Yeah, I mean, dude yeah. dude played well, you know, and, and showed up every single week. Uh, Ryan Watts did get defensive uh, newcomer of the year on the second, or honorable mention. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So, so they gave him a little bit of love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Texas has some – I don't have many complaints at all. I really don't. Uh, even the complaint that you have about the D-line, that is a valid complaint. I don't really have the same complaint. I, it doesn't matter. Like, I think Texas as a collective group was better than everybody else, but yep. maybe not individual performances. I think they can argue that. The Jalen Ford uh, decision, uh, and or I say the defensive player of the year being Felix and Udiki on Uzoma. And by the way, I like him. I think he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, but to me, that snub is, it, it makes it the most obvious to me that yeah, there was some nefarious stuff at play. Right, something was going on there because it's just too obvious. It's way too obvious, the, bro. The stats are just they're they're in your face. Yeah, and I'm sure that somebody revealed to them the same stats that we revealed on this show, and they decided no. We're yeah. going to take Felix right. and Udike Uzoma. Right. It's, it's like, give him defensive lineman of the year. Thank you. That's what he deserves. You deserve that. Yes. Go ahead. And then I got this text just a second ago. Half of his sacks that he got came in one game. Well, I know because I watched him versus Kelvin Banks, and right. Kelvin Banks made him look bad. Yeah, he didn't do nothing. He was nothing. a moving factor. Exactly. Non-existent. So, I, I, yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I, I feel bad for him, so I apologize for you guys for misleading you because I said it was a no-brainer. Um, but I feel really bad for Jalen Ford because um, he deserved that award. Rod, Rod, you did not mislead. The numbers told you the truth. When you, when you looked at the numbers and you were a numbers guy, you saw it was no way that he shouldn't have got it. And and that is the travesty that we're dealing with because of the fact we don't like you. They don't like you. I'm just it doesn't yeah. make sense, man. Oh no. Oh no. And it's not the players. No. Don't be mad at the players. No. Be mad at the the administration. Be no. mad at the people that are walking away. Don't take it out on the kids because you got a grudge. I feel like we've been had. We've been took. We've been hoodwinked. <laughs> we've been led, led astray. <laughs> run amok. Bamboozled. Bamboozled. <laughs> oh, man. I just feel like, yeah, I, I, I do. I think Lone We didn't land is. on the 40 acres. <laughs> the 40 acres landed on us. Yeah, the Big 12 landed on you is what happened. So very, uh, very uh, disturbing, I should say, uh, news from the all-Big 12 team that Jalen Ford was your, wasn't your defensive player of the year. I'd like to talk to – I don't know. I'd like to talk to the, the – if you can reveal the votes, I don't think they do. But I think I'd lo- better. I'd love to talk to some of the coaches who voted and find out who voted for who. And they because all- he made he made such clutch plays in big games against those coaches. Right. I, if you're Iowa State and you're Matt Cam, you got to go, man. That dude alone. He recovered the game. K State the deal. K State. He got the yes. interception before the half, but also got the uh, the big play, the re- fumble recovery late. Same thing in the game versus Baylor. How can those guys, those coaches, not have him top of mind Be in honest. those games? Yeah, you you got to no, stand no. up here and put your name up here. That's crazy. We're not voting for him. You know what we're going to go with? We're going to go with the people that we had on our preseason. 
We're gonna put it right there because that's what we thought. He didn't do anything to lose it. But are you he didn't watching? Do anything. Are you watching the games? Exactly. Are you watching the games? Unbelievable. Because if you're not, I, I, you don't even need to watch the games. Are you looking at the stat sheets? <laughs> you, are you looking at the stat sheets or watching the games? Either or, both of them would lead you to Jalen Ford being Defensive Player of the Year over over NUDK was on. He was a three-time winner of Big Twelve Player of the Week. And and you DK Uzoma zero. I just I don't understand. I don't understand what <laughs> what the criteria they use. What did you other use? Than sacks and tackles for loss. They would be like sacks and loss. That's it. We love oh sacks and loss. That's it. That's all we need to know. He leads in sacks and he's, he got more tackles for loss. He actually doesn't lead the Big Twelve he, in tackles for loss. Right. He leads the Big Twelve in sacks, I believe. And maybe that's the only stat they need to see. Thank you, sack leader. He wins it. I was looking for his name in the stats for tackle for loss. No, he's like, he's and like, he wasn't he's like even. Eight. He's way down there. He's down there. Yeah, he's down. There. I, I don't get. It. I don't understand. Oh my God! I know, I know football too, and I don't understand. That's my point. You know football. We all. And do. this is embarrassing for them to even have that thought process. That yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and roll with this. This seems about right. What? Well, just not uh, even close. Longhorn fans, it is just confirmed what you already know. <laughs> you already knew this. They you don't this. like you. They don't want you here. Yeah. They are a woman scorned. Just understand that. And yeah. just, uh, honestly, I I think for Jalen Ford, this may be. I, motivation to bring him back. Yeah. If he if he was thinking about leaving, he might be thinking this is so disrespectful. Right. Best damn defensive player in this conference, and I don't even get no love for it. Uh, so hopefully, it's that kind of motivation for him. I hope so too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of Texas football, oh, good news. Oh, you know what? I don't know if it's good news. I don't know if it's good news. <laughs> Harge. Okay. So it was revealed a cryptic message. Okay. A post via Instagram from Xavier Worthy. It was a picture of him. With burnt orange gloves on, and he was forming a heart symbol with his hands coming together, right? We've seen this before. And a lot of people, including myself, mm-hmm. took that as a positive sign that maybe Xavier Worthy had, you know, maybe he had gotten, you know, paid what he wanted to get paid, if that was the case, or maybe uh, whatever was causing somewhat of a rift between him and whoever on the 40 acres, maybe that had been resolved. Whatever was had him as disgruntled uh, was no longer a, an issue, that it had been resolved, whatever it was, because we still don't know what it was. Right. So I thought that's what the message meant. You jumped out on the grassy knoll yourself. Yep. And you think it means something else. I do. And the reason why I think it might mean something else is because the way it looked to me yesterday, it was totally, totally different. Because when I initially was trying to do my research, I was like, hmm, let me see what his Instagram kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a picture of himself anymore up there. He scrubbed it. He scrubbed everything, and that's the initial conversation. Everybody was talking about, oh, man, he's talking about leaving, talking about leaving. And then mm-hmm. I looked, and there was a bunch of pictures that were still there. There was him with the cars. Yep. There was him in photos. There was him in the parking garage. I was like, well, at least he still has that. He did. Then upon further review, I went back, and I was like, hey, Rod, look at this. He's got a picture, got the gloves on, showing the heart, and it was like, Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I was like, well, it looks as if he's going to put some new pictures up. Mm. And they may not be of the 40 acres. Yeah, he's got the gloves. And it's his way of saying, thank you. Thank you, Texas, for letting me come here and play. 
and get in the record books. Put up Hmm. big numbers in the books. But you know what? It's time for me to move on. You started the show with the grassy Hmm. knoll. You started the show with the conspiracy theory. That is my conspiracy theory. I don't think that picture is for him to say, I'm coming back. Because we'd have heard something by now. Still quiet. Not a lot happening. But to me, it's him saying, gotta go. Mm, mm, mm. I wish I could dispute your conspiracy theory. I cannot. It's a, it's a valid one. It makes a lot of sense. Got some good, credible points in there. Because why scrub it if you're just going to put that there? You can still yeah. leave all the stuff up. And I believe a lot of the pictures were NIL related. They, they had so to have been. His car deals and other deals that he's had NIL. And if he scrubbed them, that would at least hint that some of those, maybe I don't need to endorse these NIL things uh-huh. anymore. I don't need to promote this. Because they're all gone. Because they're all gone. And all you got is that picture. And somebody said it looked more like Tennessee orange. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, please no. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, you, make a, you make a good point because I've heard things that I, uh, I'm not ready to share on air right, yet. Right. Uh, but I have heard things that may add credibility to your conspiracy theory. Right. About the way the university feels um, potentially about uh, just re-upping NIL contracts with players. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, they, they don't want to start that as a, a cultural thing at Texas. That no, 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 this is not. You don't get to re-up every year. Every every player will be taken care of, and everybody's going to be fine. They'll be able to, you know, they'll be able to live a good quality of life mm-hmm. based on their productivity level. Um, but it, Texas is not making it rain, right? Aggie style here <laughs> with the with the dollars. Right. So right. and maybe I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, let's get into it. We'll get into some uh, uh, some Texas football discussion in Rod's rant of the day. Uh, on the other side, I did some deep diving. I went rabbit holing, and I was mistaken. Earlier I said this week before I was able to finish all my deep dive analytics on the season that the most productive personnel package for Texas might have been 12 personnel. Well, I isolated and extrapolated a lot of the data from the personnel groupings, and we have a new winner. I'll explain it on the other side. Mm. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not on the horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. No, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to get into uh, Rod's rant of the day. And I went and did some deep diving. So uh, initially, uh, before I finished up my my entire season uh, deep dive analytical breakdown, the numbers had told me that, you know, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, was probably the most productive personnel grouping for 
Texas uh, this past season, and it was really, really productive. Um, your yards per play out of 12 personnel, you were at 7.2 yards per play. Uh, Texas as a team averaged 6.4 yards per play. So you were more you, you were more productive in terms of your yards per play um, average in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. But what I had been doing was grouping my multi-back sets together. Just anytime they have multi-back sets, I just throw them into the same category. Um, and that, that included 20 personnel, 21 personnel, 23 personnel, 22 personnel, 30 personnel. Sark did a lot of multi-back sets. And by the way, Black should almost predicted it. Remember, I, hell, Sark, the, the one or two times we had him on the show, I wouldn't let him get off the damn phone until I asked him, hey, what about them two-back sets? You going to have more, more multi-back sets, more two-back sets? I asked Bijan Robinson the same thing. Bijan was very revealing and said, oh, hell yeah. We've been practicing a ton of two-back sets. We're going to have a lot of them. And the usage went up. Last year, the usage of two tailback sets was around 6%. Uh, this year you're at six. You're over 16 percent of your plays were multi-back sets. But I, what I want to do was isolate and extrapolate, right, individually uh, within those multi-back sets. You know what you did out of 20 personnel and 21 personnel and and 23 and 22 and 30 and 31. And you don't give a damn about all that. Trust me. All right. But what I found was that you know last year you guys remember. I was a huge advocate, at least for the last two or three years, play more two be- two tailback sets. Play more 21 personnel. Not only because I knew the benefits of it, but that was your deepest position on the team was running back. So two running backs, one tight end. You know, you want to try to get your best players on the field to weaponize them, right, and maximize their opportunities. And also, I was a big fan of my man Shano's offense in uh, San Francisco, and nobody runs more 21 personnel than them. And I also know that Sark, he cyberstalks. Uh, Shano from his time uh, following him in Atlanta, so he follows that offense uh, really well. Almost stalks it from a certain uh, from a certain mindset, and also he loves the Matt Lafleur offense and loves the Sean McVay offense. Um, so he steals a lot of his concepts and implements them into his offensive identity. So that's why I think it was it kind of a nat- it would be a natural progression, even when he was in Atlanta, to try to you know to to try his best to translate. Uh, his offense from Shano's offense and try to transition it. He actually started running a lot of two, uh, two tailback sets and twenty-one personnel and twenty personnel because they had all the players on their roster. They had been running that successfully, by the way, to the point they got to a Super Bowl for the last three years or two years, whatever how long how long Shano had been there. So he ran a lot of that, but he. He switched it up. He actually didn't use a traditional fullback. He used two tailbacks at the time. And here at Texas, he implemented a lot of those concepts. But remember also, he hired Brendan Marion, who runs the go-go offense, which is essentially the triple option offense uh, combined with a West Coast passing game. That's essentially what the go-go offense is. And Brendan Marion says that his go-go offense is a two tailback offense so everything pointed to texas just playing more to tailback sets which they did so i went and tracked 21 personnel specifically and i went and looked at yards per play yards per rush uh yards per attempt passing the football and explosive play rate and what i found out was not surprising to me because i've been preaching for tom herman to run more 21 personnel and for sark to do it too um, but it was really satisfyingly, it was one of those uh, satisfying breakdowns, all right? And I, I saw that, you looked at yards per play, Texas this season averaged as a team 6.4 yards per play overall offensively. And I went and broke down the different personnel packages. Like I said, 12 personnel, 7.2 yards per play, which is a huge number. Big number. The only other personnel package where you average more yards per play than your offensive team average for the season was out of 
two backs, one tight end, or multi-back sets. But I took specifically just 21 personnel. 8.2 yards per play. Mm. 8.2 yards per play. I went and looked at yards per rush. Um, and not as great, not as productive and effective with yards per rush. You're around 5.7 yards per rush. Uh, you actually average higher numbers, and your average for the season offensively 5.3, so still higher than your season average, but 11 personnel and 12 personnel, you're in sixes. You're averaging six-plus yards per rush, and I will admit, with Rojo and with a Bijan, that number should have been higher, especially bringing in the go-go offense. I expected that number to be higher with those types of uh, game-breaking backs in the backfield. NFL caliber guys. All right, but I went with that yards per attempt. And remember, my model for the year, I thought Sark was doing a good job of it, was present power personnel packages and pivot to pass principles. And Sark did a really good job of that. So as teams obsess about how to stop and how to neutralize and defend Bijan and Rojo and that really stout running attack you have, they're going to devote resources to that, probably by stacking the box and probably by bringing safeties down, and that is going to help you be a more productive and prolific passing offense. Now, we know the passing game did take a step back. It regressed this year, but not when you're in 21 personnel, 11 over 11 yards per attempt. Mm. When you were throwing out a 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. Because everybody's thinking about the run. They automatically are programmed. Oh, man, when they got Rojo and Bijan in the backfield, they're going to run. And you'd come out sometimes, they spread them out. They'd go ace formation, two by two. Uh, and they'd mm. find a matchup advantage, which even fits or, or tracks with your multi-back sets. And multi-back sets includes 20 and 21 and some of your 30 and 31. When you would go that uh, diamond formation, you average over 10 yards per attempt. Now, for the season, you average 7.7 yards per attempt when passing. But when you were in 12 personnel, over 9 yards per attempt. When you were in your multi-back sets, over 10 yards per attempt. When you were in 21 personnel, over 11 yards per attempt. Why? Presenting power personnel packages and pivoting to pass principles. Mm. Is it. <clears throat> it's just that simple. Um, and I'm, and I, I think Sark figured that out as the season went on because <clears throat> he continued to use more multi-back sets. Last year, like I said, only 6% of your plays uh, were, uh, were multi-back sets, two tailbacks in the backfield, uh, 20, 21 personnel. This year, that number jumped to 16%. Last year, 12 personnel, true 12, one back, two tight ends. You were around 40%. Sark decided to break that down. You were around 26% this year. But don't, don't forget, you had the 6-0 line package, which essentially is also 12 personnel with Andre Carrick. Uh, you combine that with your 12 personnel usage and rates, and you were hovering around 41%. So he still was using his 12 personnel, two tight end packages around 40 to 40% like he did last season. He just divided up between the 6-0 line package, the big 12 package, and the true 12 package. But this is what I really like is the explosive play rates. Bill Walsh famously, and it's Finding a Winning Edge. If you can find that book, trust me, it's, it's a collector's item. It's worth a lot of money these days when you look it up. And one of the great quotes he had in it was that his favorite stat was explosive play margin. Uh, and I believe at the time his explosive plays were just 20-plus yard plays. But every coach has a different definition of explosive plays. Mac Brown, which is the definition I use, was a 15-plus yard pass play, 10-plus yard run play. Those are explosive plays in the Mac Brown definition. That's my definition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at explosive play uh, rate uh, for every personnel grouping. And, of course, I looked at 21 personnel. No surprise. It's your most explosive personnel package. You average an explosive play. Over 23% of the time, 
you had a 10-plus yard run or a 15-plus yard pass in 21 personnel. For multi-back sets, that number drops down to over 16%. Why? Well, because you got your 23 personnel, your jumbo packages, your 22 personnel, your wildcat packages are thrown in there. Um, you know, your 30 and 31s and your diamond formation. And some, of the, some of that stuff is short yardage. So that's why it drops tremendously there. But you go look at uh, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, you're still at a tw- over 20% explosive play rate 20% of the time or more 20% of the time in 12 personnel one back two tight ends you have an explosive play explosive rush of at least 10 yards and explosive pass of at least 15 yards now for the season Texas offensively is around over 16% so the only personnel packages that had you higher than your average explosive play rate were 12 personnel one back two tight ends and 21 personnel uh, you two back two uh, two backs one tight end, which are presenting power personnel packages, allowed you to pivot to pass principles, and also something that I think for Sark really helped him out. When you had twenty one personnel out there, you had all your best players. Mm. Think about it, we couldn't find a third wide receiver, so why we kept looking for one? <laughs> Jatavian Sanders is your third wide receiver, yeah. so you almost consolidated your talent, right? When the twenty one personnel, your best leader Rojo, and an NFL back, your best player Bijan. Those are your two backs in the backfield. Your third best wide receiver and the best tight end in the Big 12, Jatavion Sanders is your tight end. And that's your 21 right there. And your two best receivers, X-Man and Jay Witt. Why put a third wide receiver out there when he's just taking up space? Right. Right. He ain't doing nothing. Right. That's why 21 worked better for you than any other personnel package is because I think it just consolidated all your talent was on the field. And then I think your second best grouping was you still had your two best wide receivers out there in 12 personnel. You had Bijan, your best player, or Rojo, depending on who the single back was, and give props to Gunnar Helm because in that package there was no drop-off really in the productivity of the personnel grouping because Gunnar Helm was a great blocker when he was asked to be a blocker, and when you asked him to be a receiving threat, he wasn't a liability. Right. Yeah. So, and I, and I will say this. Texter makes a good point. Uh, says, Rod, uh, did we stop using two backs as the season we're on? That was my impression, but not sure if the numbers support it. I can give you those numbers. I'll go look at them. It was pretty consistent, though. It was, pretty, well, I was he, say. It, it was matchup-based, too. Some matchups just didn't, uh, it, it didn't allow for you to use a lot of your two-back yep. sets, and you would use them sparingly. And in some games, it, they were, it was gratuitous in the usage of the two-tail <laughs> back sets. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think you know, it's, it's, it's working. I mean, that was one of my main suggestions for Tom Herman. And also, Stark. my concern is that you're losing Rojo and Bijan. I don't know if next year you need to use as much two tailback sets. Uh, yeah. I, this year is because that's the focus of your talent. Well, next year, I don't know if that's where your talent's going to be. Yeah, hopefully the passing game gets a little bit better where you don't have to do it as much. Yeah. But that's what you should have leaned on from the very beginning because that was something that we talked about from the very beginning of the year. Exactly. Do your thing, do, 21. <laughs> do your thing. Exactly. 21 Savage. You can play a lot of songs with 21 <laughs> Savage. Just fit right in. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, possible candidates uh, to replace Jake Spavadol at Texas State, but also possible OC candidates for A&M. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9, the Horn Midweek Movie Music Edition of Ball Don't Lie, and the movie of the week for us, Casino. Oh, great movie. I can't actually, now I'm giddy about watching Casino yeah. again, because I think it's been, I don't think I watched it throughout the entire pandemic. 
Yeah, right? I think I went through and without the entire COVID uh, disaster, and I never watched. I don't know how I never watched because I watched. I, my wife called me. I watched all Sopranos. I went back yeah. and watched a lot of shows. That I, I watched all the Sopranos. You had time. Went back and watched The Wire. Oh, I watched some great shows during COVID. Yeah. Had nothing to do. Yeah. Just sitting around, hanging out, just waiting. Just waiting. Wait. No, I feel like I feel like I've seen pieces of this. Like it's on TV and you watch it for an hour. I've seen that more recently. You can do that. Not the whole way through because yeah. it is a long movie. It's a good. But it'll be like on TV and you're like, oh, I'll watch it for a minute. Because yeah, you're right. Even if you catch like the last 45 minutes, still pretty damn good. Don't yeah. matter. Uh, all right. Thanks to Patrick for midweek movie music. I'll be watching Casino at one point this week. Uh, so I want to thank him for his efforts. Uh, all right. Let's get to this story because I'll give my man credit. Uh, my man Mike Craven does great work. Mm-hmm. For uh, Tex- uh, Dave Campbell's Texas High School Football, he had two articles that I want to bring up here. Uh, go check out his work. And matter of fact, go uh, check him out as well um, uh, over at Dave Campbell's Texas High School Football. But he put out two articles. Number one uh, was basically options for Jimbo Fisher uh, to, for, for his offensive coordinator position. Uh, the names that he threw out there were Joe Brady, who is now working for the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. QB coach. Garrett Riley, OC for TCU right now. Tom Bo Herman. Come on, man. Who right now it has been reported that he is one of the candidates that is being talked about for the Cincinnati job. Mm-hmm. That's been thrown out there by, from multiple different outlets. But I saw him say that I have no interest. One of his representatives oh, came out and said, I have no interest in Cincinnati. Oh, just Cincinnati, not yeah, coaching yeah, at all? Yeah, just okay. Cincinnati. I, I think he has been telling that to a lot of schools because he, his name hasn't come up at all with yeah. some of these coaching vacancies. And we all agree, Tom Herman, he didn't, he didn't fit here. But Tom Herman can coach some ball. He definitely can go coach somewhere some ball. and coach some yeah. ball. Yeah, look at what he did at U of H. I think he's been you turning know? down jobs. I think right now he wants to. He's still uh, getting paid from Texas. He that, enjoyed may, that. You know what? Maybe that's why. <laughs> and then he's getting to do CBS Sports. That's true. He's doing that. And. He's in the he's in the analyst role, not just as the play in the in the booth, but at the desk. He's yeah. sitting at the desk. And you know what? I'll say this because Mac Brown uh, said it too. When he was an uh, like a media analyst forever, he said it was the best thing to help him reinvent himself as yeah. a coach because he got just to visit all of the different coaches and they all and see the different. They all welcomed style. him with open yep. arms. And they just gave him all the secrets and what they yep. did, and he basically got all these little cheat codes and figured mm-hmm. out all these kind of new innovations. And I wonder if that's what Tom Herman was like. No, let me let me go around the country and see what the next big thing is going to be or what the next innovation is going to be, mm-hmm. and I can hit the ground running, whatever my next yeah. job is going to yeah. be. He also does have several young kids, too, and so That's he true. may he may point. enjoy being like, man, I don't want to move my whole family again, go up to Ohio, and have to go move the whole family, and then I'll go see him. I move him up there, right. and I see him like two hours a week. That's fair. I like Michelle. I want to see more of her, too. Hello. If I'm, if I'm Tom, that's I'm good. I'm a fan. Uh, uh, Chad Morris, he lives here as well, and Kendall Bryles. Mm. Kendall Bryles ain't leaving Arkansas to go to a is he? Mm. Really? Is that a, is that an upward step? I don't. I mean, I would. financially, possibly. Yeah, definitely yeah. It's financially. Yeah, it's all yeah. about money. Uh, okay, you know? you're right. And uh, Kendall Brown's always been to find a job because everybody knows his his acumen as a coach. But like, why are we even talking about this? You know, Jimbo ain't giving up the play call. They just beat LSU. They rushed the field. And you're right because Mike Craven was on with B and E, and he said that after he published this article that five. FBS coaches reached out to him and said, dude, Jimbo ain't giving up play calling. At all. <laughs> I was like, wow. So they all know I mean, Jimbo never giving it up. <laughs> and, and think about it, too. That's I mean, insane. you're paying me a ton of money, and you're going to tell me what I should be doing? 
Yeah, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's like, why you don't pay somebody that much right, money. You, you give them too much power. You give them too much. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into the Cowboys coach preview a little bit. Cowboys wave Terrell uh, Basham, the defensive end. We'll get into that and why they made that move. Look ahead to week 13 in the NFL. Probably the best week of NFL football we've had so far. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.